now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Good news is your dates are here. What's the bad news? They're dead. See, a United States Astro Robot becomes a creature of death. And these. We have come here to this planet for one purpose only, to acquire breeding stuff to repopulate our planet. Welcome to Bots, Bugs, and Babes, the B-Movie Podcast from Classic Cult and the Cheesy Between. The movies are babes, the entertainment is grade A. And I am your host, Mr. Jason Giaconetti, joined today by my daughter, Miss, Miss Haley Giaconetti. Hey guys, and today we're going to be talking about Mac and me. So get ready, and we'll be right back right after this. They were an average alien family living on their own planet. And we were an average family living on ours. He took my coke, Mom. Come on, you guys. I don't have it. I didn't take it. I knew it! Accidents happen, and like us, they found themselves in a strange new neighborhood. I like it. Me too. Shh. Communing with the Earth spirits. Welcome to California, bud. Alert, alert. We have a malfunction. We have a malfunction. Their lives were in danger. Back off, Larry. Get away from it. We've got a problem here. They had to escape. When the smoke cleared, their family was separated. Somehow, one of the aliens was hiding in our house. The government wanted to capture him. It's here. Everyone was after him. And my brother, Eric, wants to make friends. this living thing into a vacuum cleaner? Yeah, and then we blew him out again. Now Eric is risking not only his life, but my life. Give me the gun. Step back! To save them. This is the police. It's about more than friendship. It's about adventure. Mac and me.
Broken Me was released in the U.S. August 12, 1988 with a 99-minute running time. Your director is uh, Stuart Raffel. Uh, now, he also wrote the movie with Steve uh, Steve Fakey. Uh, now, Stuart Raffel um, was... He, he did... Um, he worked on The Philadelphia Experiment, Lost in Africa, The New Swiss Family Robinson... Uh, the months of uh, of Sunday and standing ovation. He was married to uh, Diane Kirk uh, Kerman, or is, is married? Excuse me, he's he's still alive. He's eighty one years old, um, and he actually was the uh, his grandchild was Paul Walker. Uh, so the the production, the uh, excuse me, the producers were Mark Damon, William B Kerr, and R J Lewis. Your stars here that no one's ever heard of before and or again were Christina Ebersol. Jonathan Ward, uh, Katrina Ka uh, Kaspari, Lauren Stanley, and Jade Ka Caligori. Your music was Alan Silvestri. Yes, that Alan Silvestri. Uh, produced by Orion Pictures. Your production company was Mac and Me Joint Ventures. Your budget was a paltry $13 million with a domestic gross of just $6.4 million. Uh, so many, many people know this science fiction movie as a ripoff of E.T., the extraterrestrial from 1982. But, and I always say this, there's always a but in the story here. The reason this movie was made was because um, the director felt that uh, Jay Calgary, who plays Eric, um, deserved a shot at a role to be in a movie because he's just as good an actor as anybody else and that most people wouldn't give him the chance. The role required a wheelchair-bound kid, and Jade fits such a criteria since he suffers from a health condition that doesn't allow him to walk. So, you know, obviously it was one of those situations where, um, you know, someone's trying to do something nice, but then people are always like, well, that whole movie is just a McDonald's commercial or a, a Coca-Cola commercial. And you would not be wrong. It kind of is. Um, what wound up happening is once, um, once it was announced that they had such a, a strong tie with McDonald's and Coca-Cola, Disney actually came right in and hammered out a three-year deal putting all their toys in Happy Meals to ensure that movies like this weren't able to keep doing those things. There was just... There's all that stuff that happens behind the scenes, and then obviously uh, McDonald's and Coca-Cola have a, a well-known relationship, um, but it was a lot of, you know, Disney wanting to make sure that the things didn't happen. It's, it's, it's... I don't know. It's... Uh, it's just, it's, it's infuriating to sometimes think about that. Like, then when, see, this movie's always been kind of made fun of, right, Hale? Yeah. And, and people kind of like down on it. And then you find out that the director, um, wanted to give, you know, um, Jade a chance. Now, Jane has, Jade has spina bifida, um, and he uses a real chair in real life. So, yeah. um, you know, there's no reason, but how, a lot of back in the 1980s, you didn't give necessarily actors like that a chance all the time. I mean, this isn't Friday, one of the Friday the 13th movies where the guy gets a machete in the head and then takes the wheelchair down the stairs. Um, be that as it may. Uh, and this movie has been riffed on riff tracks as part of The Gauntlet, right? In fact, it let off The Gauntlet. The Gauntlet. Um, and it is one of those uh, movies that either you you love it or you um, think it's a big joke and you've never seen it. Um, I can honestly say I never saw this in the movies. I want to say that my brother did. I'm not sure. He, we were in Florida with our cousins, and I'm not sure why Uncle Luke went to go see that with, our, with some of our cousins, and I went to see something else. I'm not sure what the other movie we went and saw. I know we also one time saw Superman 4, The Quest for Peace, with them. Um, so maybe not the best movies we saw with them, but it was whatever was popular at the time in the summer. Anyway, let's talk about this. So, 
Um, the movie actually did receive several youth in film awards, now called the Youth Art Awards uh, nominations. Um, but you know, a lot of uh, the problem is is that uh, this movie performed so poorly. Orion canceled the sequel nearly immediately. Uh, so um, uh, let's get started. You have some. Uh, sorry, yeah. Yeah. While the film wasn't a critical or a commercial success, winning two of its four nominations at the Razzie Awards. Razzie Awards. That's Awards. not a good thing. Razzies are not good awards. <laughs> Uh, Calgary received some praise and nomination at the 1989's Young Artist Awards in the Best Actor in, uh, in a Stop Motion Comedy or Fantasy category. Yeah, yeah. the Golden Raspberry Awards and those Razzies um, actually won for Worst Director and for Worst New Star for Ronald McDonald. Yes, the Ronald McDonald in there was the worst character in the movie. Anyway, so let's get started. So the story goes a little... Something like this. Uh, a family of aliens on a dying desert planet search for a subterranean water to drink through a straw. <laughs> a NASA research probe, not that kind of probe, Haley, calm down. A NASA research probe lands and begins to take atmospheric samples via a suction device. Yes, they sent a rocket to the moon, to the, this planet and then used a vacuum to suck it all up, right? Yes. Um, the aliens are accidentally sucked into the apparatus and the probe returns to Earth because that happens. Um, every yeah, every day. The aliens escape from the government base with their ability to manipulate electricity and destroy anything they touch. Let's just hold it right there. Um, so, yeah. So, at the beginning of this movie, you start seeing them. Um, it, I, I can say this. I understand this is not E.T. and people like always want to make fun of it. Like, the, the aliens are kind of awkward when they're naked um but i'm gonna say this at the end of the film when they're wearing clothes it actually looks more awkward in clothes and less awkward naked yeah yeah right so um again it kind of starts lighthearted. you kind of know this movie's not a serious kind of um this is not a serious kind of film this is not like an orion like blood and guts this is not robocop this is not like those kind of things this is kind of a family-friendly kind of movie. So everything's kind of done a little tongue-in-cheek that gets sucked up in it. Oh, what's that thing? And whatever kind of thing, right? Um, while three of them run out um, off into the desert, the smaller one breaks away and hides in the uh, passing minivan occupied by a single family, played which is Janet Cruz, and her two sons, the younger Eric and the older Michael, who are moving to their new home near Los Angeles following the loss of her husband. And they, of course, are from Chicago, which the movie constantly reminds us of, that they're from Chicago. Chicago. So, uh, the next morning, he finds that... It, uh, uh, sorry, sorry, I skipped some stuff. Shortly after the move, a series of strange incident, uh, incidents cause Eric to suspect an alien presence. Um, the next morning, he finds that he, uh, it find that it has been trashed most of the house and has a creature face-to-face -face for the first time. But Janet blames both of him and Michael for what has happened. Now... What happens, Haley? They use the drill, and the alien drills holes in the wall, and... He cuts the door okay. with the... He cuts uh, the door with the saw. With the electric saw, and then takes all the outside stuff on the inside, mm -hmm. all the inside stuff on the outside, and the mother's like, My house! You've ruined the house! Oh, and he ruined the painting that... It was her mother's painting? Great-grandmother's grand oh, okay. painting. Yeah, great-grandmother's, yeah. Grandmother. Right, family, uh, family heirloom, this god-awful painting they found at the Goodwill... This is my grandmother's painting. Oh. And you're saying, but Jay, I thought you liked the movie. We do, but like it it does have its flaws. This movie is this is this is kind of like 
This isn't a movie you love. You're like, wow, what a great piece of cinematography. What a great piece of whatever. Like, what a great story. It's it's derivative story. It's just so weird of a movie. So, but there, there's, there's, there's some really funny stuff in here that I don't know necessarily were supposed to be as funny as it turns out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Anyway, so where are we here? Um, Eric's best But Janet blames him. Okay, Eric tries to catch him. Uh, after noticing the alien outside, Eric tries to catch up with him, but ends up rolling down the hill in the wheelchair and falling into the lake, where he nearly drowns, but is rescued by the alien. Now, you're saying, Jay, that sounds very familiar. I've seen Paul Rudd on any any late-night talk show, especially Conan, where he does that every time. They Every single time he's on Conan, he plays that as that clip of Eric going down the hill, crashing into the water, Max saving him. It is literally the, the Paul Rudd joke that constantly keeps happening and that's where most most people unless you remember seeing this remember mac and me from um where are we here uh after no, no okay we got that um he uh he is not believed at all when they try to tell try to tell janet and michael about the about its actions later that night he sets up a trap with the help of his new friend debbie 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 the girl next door who has also seen the alien now let's just stop for a second um, Haley's too young to know this, but Debbie, um, is definitely channeling her inner, inner punky Brewster at times and her little orphan Annie at times. And like, she has like, she's pulling from some other stuff. Haley's not too young to know who, um, punky Brewster is like from the eighties. She knows punky Brewster from when like the re when they're now, uh, Slay Moon Fry reprised the role when she's older. Yeah. Um, Slay Moon Fry, my girlfriend, when we were little, a hundred percent, hundred percent believe she was my girlfriend because she was on TV, her and Wonder Woman. Linda Carter, she only winked at me. Anyway, so um, he traps him inside a vacuum cleaner, which malfunctions and causes the entire neighborhood power to surge. So what happens? They suck him in the vacuum cleaner. What oh, Debbie goes flying in the air and goes on the ceiling with the vacuum still on her hand, screaming her head off until Michael comes home. Right. So um, after the, uh, where are we here? Uh, Malcolm, after the aliens relief, Michael now believes Eric. You think? <laughs> um, but it leaves... Uh, it leaves before Janet can be convinced. Eric's behavior towards the alien, which he names Mac for mysterious alien creature. Creature. Ah. Not to be confused with an extraterrestrial creature. So Mac, we just leave a pause there. That's called a pregnated pause. It gives the audience a chance to go, <gasps> the gasp. Um, Mac now uh, changes after the, uh, where are we? Which he names Mac. Changes after the alien fixes all of the damage he made to the house and leaves behind several newspaper clippings that Eric believes are an attempt at communication. Meanwhile, FBI agents, FBI, try to get in English this time. FBI agents Wicket and Zimmerman track, track Mac down and begin spying on the crew's residence. Eric disguises Mac in a teddy bear suit that takes him to a birthday party at the local McDonald's, where Debbie's older sister, Courtney works. Now, let's talk about the bear costume on Mac. Haley, how would you describe the bear costume that Mac is wearing? I would describe it as creepy, big, and awkward. It's just straight nightmare fuel. Like, it is like not... So let me let me back this up. Um, those of you who have seen the Stuart Gordon movie Dolls... Um, is Stuart Gordon or is that um, Brian Yuza? The movie Dolls. I'm trying to remember. Well, I think Yuza was the uh, the. Hey, anyway. 
So in Dolls, there's a giant teddy bear that comes to life and attacks the dad in the woods and stuff. Like not that kind of thing. This is just really, really, really awkward. And definitely there is a, probably a little person or a child in the bear suit. And like the holes are like awkwardly big, so you could like see the Max whole eyes and like the whole like his where his eyebrows should be. Yeah. But he doesn't have any, so it's kind of just like big giant holes. Yeah. And of course, um, Debbie's mom is going to take Debbie and him to the thing. And she's like, isn't he a little old for a teddy? And they're like, ha, 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 ha. Deb doesn't even, Debbie doesn't know how to even lie for this kid. Yeah, she's like, um, uh, well, he has uh, like kind of like separation anxiety with his teddy bear. And she's like, isn't he like your age? She's like, yeah, but you know, yeah. he's from Chicago. He's from, he's from Chicago. So, you know, <laughs> anyway, um, where are we here? So, oh, we're going to, we're at, we're at, uh, we meet Debbie and thank God because Eric, you know, Eric, you know, has got his little friend, uh, you know, Debbie there. And now we had, we have that. And then of course, Michael's now like, oh, Courtney, hello. She's so hot. Yeah. She actually, she, she's way, probably way too good looking to be working at that McDonald's. Although then you see the rest of the people working at McDonald's who can all sing and dance. And you're wondering like, huh, since when did fame, I want to live forever. Break out of this McDonald's, right? Yeah. Okay, so uh, where were we? Oh, yeah, that's right. McDonald's with the worst McDonald's, at Ronald McDonald ever. And the whole place is singing, dancing. There's football players. It's like the weirdest, like... There's um, like a dance-off happening in the parking lot. Right. Well, and then, then the teddy bear gets up and starts dancing, and they're like, oh, you have a robot teddy bear? These kids are willing to believe it's a robot teddy bear that is now not only dancing, but jumping through the air, moonwalking on the counter. Like, this is the kind of stuff where kids goes, I don't want to see this anymore, mommy. You know, kind of thing, like, just terrifying to children. But hey, McDonald's. So, uh, where were we? Oh, yeah, that's right. We're still there. Uh, Wicket and Zimmer follow, but Max starts a dance number as a distraction and escapes with Eric on his wheelchair. Now... When we say escape on his wheelchair, we don't mean they're gently going down the sidewalk. Haley, where are they going? They go to the mall and they're like zooming like the, a car. Down, they're driving oh, in yeah. the street being chased by a car. They, they go like, they almost got killed like 12 times. Because <laughs> he's like, oh, well, just keep going. They can't catch us. Right. Um, through uh, near nearby neighborhoods, a shopping mall with, an adi with additional help. Eric and Mac are rescued by Michael and Courtney. Uh, which is the, there's, they're driving a van. They open the side of the van up and then grab him and then, and Mac, and then the wheelchair drag it into the van. With his sunglasses casually got coming on, on and off, off his face. On and off. The sunglasses are on and off. No continuity with sunglasses. And if you can't have sunglass continuity, what can you have? What can you have? Uh, where were we? We were just, they got rescued. Janet, having witnessed the chase within the mall, Catches up to Wicket and Zimmerman and inadvertently learns that Wicket, uh, uh, from Wicket, that Mac is indeed real. She goes, he's, you mean that's real? Yep. Eric, Michael, uh, Debbie, and Courtney decide to help rescue, reunite Mac with his family who are lost in the desert without sustenance. And then it turns into like the weird road movie and they're all going. And they, as Courtney is feeding carnation ice cream to Michael as he drives and they're all drinking soda because Coke is a big sponsor of this movie. Um, and there's also what a like a it was a PF Chang's or something. Yeah. There's all like this is just shot on the streets. Like, yeah, was it all? Uh, you know, did we have permits? I don't know. But here we go. 
Um, where are we? Uh, following Mac's directions as much as they can, they travel to the mountains on the outskirts of uh, uh, Palmdale, where they find his dying family and rejuvenate them with... Coca-Cola! Um, the, the group stops at a gas station and goes to the nearby supermarket to buy more... Coca-Cola! For the aliens. The restless aliens climb out of the minivan and enter the supermarket, causing a panic, including a point where Mac's dad is holding a watermelon. <laughs> exactly. Where am I supposed to put that? Uh, I will show you. Anyway, so um, after um, the, they pull a gun on him, he tells him he goes, he goes, tell him to put it down. He has, he can't put it down. Put what down? The watermelon, right? So then Mac, Mac's dad takes the gun from the cop, um, and then proceeds to, oh, God. Okay, so he steals the gun from the security, but the police arrive and sh a shootout takes place in the parking lot, which results in an explosion destroying the supermarket and Eric being killed by a stray bullet. Let's back that up a second. He's in the supermarket holding a watermelon, completely naked, mind you. The cop pulls the, the, the security guard pulls the gun on him, tells him to put it down and take off whatever he's wearing he goes, he can't, that's what he looks like. Then tell him to put it down. He has nothing in his hands to put down. To which point Michael is like, no, we got it. So Eric is, they blow up the supermarket. Yep. Eric is killed by a stray bullet. And you're thinking to yourself, going, this movie took a pretty dark turn. Right? So now you got these, now you got, now, so now everyone's like crying. Well, kind of crying. Some people are crying. Most people just are like, what happened at a supermarket? Hey, <laughs> There were people in that supermarket. So think about that. And no one's worried about that. Oh, Eric might have died with a straight bullet. They blew up the supermarket. And the gas station. And the gas station to attached to the supermarket. Like, all of that blows up. People died there. But we're worried about Eric, who got by a straight bullet. Why? Because that guy is the star of the film. Anyway, so where were we? Oh, yeah. So they blow it up. Once Wicket and Zerman... And Janet arrived by helicopter because that's where the thirteen million dollars went. Mac and his family decide that we don't have, we don't know if we can do this or not, but we start waving our hands over Eric. And you're thinking, let's just just keep waving, just keep <laughs> waving, just keep waving our hands. And what happens is magic happens, and they magically revive from the gunshot wound that killed him, Eric. And for saving his life, the U.S. government says, you know what? We will grant you citizenship. That's not how that works. But anyway, with the Cruz family and their neighbors, as well as Wicked and Zimmerman, all in attendance at the ceremony where Mac's family, dressed like earthlings, drive off in a pink Cadillac. And Mac blows a bubble gum, blows a, a gum bubble that bursts to say, we'll be back. Um, I don't know what they mean by we'll be back. Will we'll they be back in my dreams? Like to kill me? Or will it just be back? Well, it's supposed to be. They were supposed to be a sequel. Um, so I'm just going to say this: there is no way in the world that them in in human Earthling clothes is less scary than them naked. I'm just saying. Like with them naked, at least you're like, oh, okay. But I they don't have any... that. But with the clothes, it's like a blue dress on like a pale, slimy looking body. It's just ugh. And well, the little ones wearing Mick kids. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah, the Mick kids, which where people don't even know about unless you're old enough. Um, yeah, so uh, the producer, R.J. Lewis, had actually re previously done advertising campaigns for McDonald's and had association with Ronald McDonald House Charities. 
Um, he explained that the time Ronald McDonald was even more well-known than Santa Claus, but that E.T. was close behind. He felt that the next generation needed an E.T. of their, excuse me, of their own. I, I almost threw up reading that. Um, Lewis uh, uh, negotiated the rights, etc., and as we mentioned, um, uh, at least primarily financed, the movie was at least primarily financed by McDonald's, which Lewis has denied, but let's be honest, its fingerprints are everywhere. Lewis encountered... Um, he made efforts to make sure Ronald Donald appealed in the film as part of the, uh, you know, sell, not settlement, but part of the agreement with McDonald's. They had the dance, they, they extended dance sequence. Character also, uh, they also had characters appear in um, the, the theatrical trailer. Like they did, they went out of their way to kind of like do this. Now there is, to me, there is nothing wrong with them having McDonald's in the movie. Um, I know some people look at it like, ah, it's so fake. I hate it. No, you know, it's fake is when it's like not a real brand. Now, the problem is here, it's kind of just like overdone. I think that's more the issue people have. Not so much that there's McDonald's, just that there's just so much McDonald's and so much Coca-Cola in there. Um, yeah, it's, it's I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how to describe this. Um, to say that this was a, a big disappointment um, at the box office might be an understatement, but one of the biggest things I think people have to remember about Mac and me, and you can make fun of the movie and not like it and stuff. That's fine. There's plenty of movies that people love that I don't, um, you know, but this movie is a movie that is, this is like, this is junk food. This is, this is just this. They're not getting anything out of this. I mean, it's a cute story. The story's nothing super deep. The, the characters are a little disturbing. Um, Debbie's got hair like that, you know, wouldn't, won't quit. Um, but I think what people have to remember at the end of the day is two things. One, the, the director wanted to give this kid a chance to be in a movie, right? Yeah. And you know, nowadays we wouldn't think twice of it, right? Because people with, um, you know, with 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 you know who are you know have a wheelchair or have uh, or special needs or something like that, if they're excluded, like that's a major issue. Yeah. You know, kind of thing. But back in the day, that was not always the issue. Um, in fact, and we know that you know things have changed. And I'm not saying that everything was perfect back in the day. You're perfect, certainly not perfect now. Good lord, not now. But what I'm saying is, at least here we had a situation where someone was trying to do something good. And at the end of the day, we must remember all of the 6.4 million that came in. There was a, a profit sharing agreement with that that came in, and Ronald McDonald Charities. They donated to Ronald McDonald House Charities, which helps kids who are sick with cancer, with leukemia, with different things. Like, there, those are good things. And if you want to, like, be negative about the movie, you don't like it, fine. Then that's fine. You're welcome to have that opinion. No one's going to tell you you're wrong. Well, I mean, you might be wrong, but you no one's going to constantly come to your house and tell you that. I mean, unless you invite me over. Um, but what I'm saying is you can't deny the fact that they tried to do something good for a charity. And if you don't find that to be, like, at least a redeeming value of this movie, then I'm not sure what's wrong with you. Because Ronald McDonald House Charities helps kids in need. It helps families in need. This is not a joke um, kind of thing. And this is one of those things that this movie, if it has nothing else going for it, did in fact help, you know, provide for the charities. So, yeah. Um, the other thing is, um, i throw this in here. Uh, obviously, this movie has been riffed, um, obviously, on on. Misty. Misty, you know, part of the gauntlet, right? You know, yeah. kind of thing. Um, which if you've never watched the gauntlet, you need to sit down and try to watch the gauntlet, which is all six movies from season 12. Um, there is also, um, obviously there was a sequel that was canceled. Um, it was riffed in, in cracked magazine in mad magazine. Like it was, it's been made fun of and stuff, but mad magazine and stuff makes fun of star Wars and everything. All those precious movies you hold dear, they make fun of them too. So, 
Um, it's not that this is, again, a great movie. Um, not only do we have it on, you know, season 12 of Misty, part of The Gauntlet. Right. But we also, I own this on Blu-ray. I bought the Blu-ray when this came out. I mean, this is when Haley and I sat down and watched this. Like, we enjoy watching this. Now, do we enjoy the riff track of it? A hundred percent. Because it's what? Pretty, Pretty nice. We do, which is from the movie. Um, we do enjoy the riff track of it. I know some people, not riff track, the uh, the misty of it. I know some people don't like movies being riffed, and that's fine, and that's getting an acquired taste. But at the end of the day, I think I can sit down and watch Mac and me and smile, even in the unriffed version, which I've watched, um, you know, be able to sit down and smile and say, okay, well, it's not perfect. It's maybe not even technically well-made or quote-unquote good, but I've watched worse movies exactly. that have done a lot less for charity than this movie. You know, kind of thing. So, um, okay. So, uh, there, uh, the soundtrack for this, um, there was a whole bunch of songs in here. Um, you're not a stranger anymore, which was the theme from Mac and me, uh, take me, I'll follow you. Uh, you knew what you were doing. Um, every inch of the way, um, down to earth waves by, uh, and then, uh, send out the signal, wait and break my heart tomorrow. Which, and then, of course, the Overture, the theme for Mac and Me by Alan Silvestri. Um, the record was released um, in a limited edition uh, compact disc, 1,000 copies, complete of uh, complete Silvestri scores in 2014 by Quartet Records. Um, so this is the movie we end the year with. This is how you know we try to end the year. We try to end the year on something a little different. Yeah. You know, in some years, it's been... Like we, we remember the year uh, Grandpa and I bookended the year we did, um, we did uh, Iron Sky and then Iron Sky Two, which makes Iron Sky look like Citizen Kane compared to Iron Sky Two. Um, we've done other things to end, end years, and then we thought this would be a great movie to end the year because oh, you go Mac and me, and you're, I rolled your eyes and thought whatever, and but maybe 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 we can inspire you to maybe um, you know not necessarily if you if you don't enjoy it then don't go back and watch, it, but maybe keep in mind that. Um, you know, maybe there's some good to be found even in the movies that maybe you kind of poke some fun at. I said maybe a lot there, right? But yeah. it's true. You know, sometimes you poke fun at things and maybe there is some good to be found there um, so doing work for charity and stuff like that. So um, normally if you follow us on YouTube, Haley will give you the spiel for the YouTube, but there is no YouTube here. But you should come back and listen to Bots, Bugs, and Babes. Uh, the plan is that Haley might join me again for some other episodes. She did join me for Witch's Night Out this past Halloween, which we hope you enjoyed. If you didn't go and uh, listen to it, please go back and listen and please go watch it on YouTube. Um, and then we're hoping to have Haley back for some other ones. But again, you know, life tends to get in the way and, uh, you know, um, it's always hard to find, get time to have her sit down and record with me. So I'm glad that Haley was here today recording with me so we can wrap up 2023 because 2023 has been a year. It's been a wrap. <laughs> it's been a wrap. Like a chicken wrap. Ooh, Ooh, that sounds good. I like chicken wraps. Anyway, um, so before we start thinking with our stomachs, and some of us here have been accused of that often, <laughs> the subtle glance at my daughter that you all missed there was why the pregnant pause happened. Anyway, my daughter does think with her stomach a lot. She's like, Ooh, All the time. All the time. It's Okay. Anyway, so um, thank you very much, Haley, for being here. Thank you for joining me for doing Mac and Me. Um, we are going to look at some other movies that maybe Haley would like to come on and talk about. Um, you have something to say, Haley? Oh no. oh, no. Okay, I thought you were like, you're going to put in some some real quick quip. Quip. <laughs> cool whip. Uh, okay. Cool. Quip. Cool whip. Anyway, so. Um, all right. So like we say around here, folks, 
thank uh, keep those cards in. I almost did. I almost did the yeah. uh, go fight pal yeah. one, uh, or, or get back to the wrestling. Like we say right here, folks, keep those cards and letters coming, and keep watching the skies. This is Tokyo, once a city of six million people. What has happened here was caused by a force which, up until a few days ago, was entirely beyond the scope of man's imagination. Tokyo, a smoldering memorial to the unknown. An unknown which at this very moment still prevails and could at any time lash out with its terrible destruction anywhere else in the world. Hi folks, Luke Giaconetti here. I'd like to ask you a few questions. Do you like giant monsters, or as they're called in Japan, Daikaiju? Monsters like Godzilla, Rodan, Gamera, King Ghidorah, or Mothra? Do you like more obscure monsters, such as Gappa or Yangari? Do you like giant heroes like Ultraman, or super robots like the Shogun Warriors? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then I think you might like my podcast, Earth Destruction Directive. I'm a dedicated fan of all things Daikaiju, and I'd like to share that with all of you. Please check out Earth Destruction Directive at Two True Freaks. Earth Destruction Directive, where we turn your Daikaiju dreams into city-smashing reality. This has been an episode of Bots, Bugs, and Babes, the B-Movie Podcast. If you'd like to contact me, please email the show at bots bugsbabes at gmail.com If you'd like to find me online, I'm on Facebook under my name, Jason Jacknetti. I often contribute to the Two True Freaks Facebook group. You can visit my Facebook page, The Art of Horror Collective, and you can search the hashtag, The Art of Horror Collective. On Instagram, find me under my name, Jason Jacknetti, and search the hashtag, The Art of Horror Collective, as well as the new hashtag, Bots, Bugs, Babes Podcast. I'm the only one using them. I'm also on Twitter at Jason Giaconetti, and you can visit my webpage at www.theartofhorrorcollective.wordpress.com. All movies, characters, stories, music, etc. are properties of their respective holders. This is a fan work, and any use of any property is purely for review, discussion, entertainment. So don't sue me. I ain't got anything anyway. There is no tomorrow! There is no tomorrow! There is no tomorrow! Will you stop?